1: Episode 42 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes.
2: Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, one stripe.
1: And Philly, you had a competition this past weekend, right? Correct. How did you do? Uh,
2: Mediocre. Not great. Um, Not terrible, but my biggest problem with it, again, is it comes back to the things I was afraid I was going to struggle with were exactly that. And it's the same things that I've been trying to work on, uh, for a while and haven't been active enough in fixing them.
1: So like what things, what things were you working on that, that, that you feel need improvement? So I've
2: been working on getting better on top and in order to get on top, I need to either take the person down or I need to sweep them. Not good at either of those. So been trying to get better. Um, What I have always struggled with is getting in the closed guard and just staying there. And I feel bad for people who are watching my matches because that's all that it was. I mean, they were just in the closed guard and I was attacking with the most conservative attack possible and just not opening up anything. And that's totally against what everybody tells you to do. Um, So... In a way, luckily for me, it's a simple fix. It's just not easy. So, I mean, I know exactly what I need to do, but the problem is I still need to go out there and just execute and do it. Um, I have a couple things in mind that I want to start doing to try to remedy some of these problems. Um, One that, you know, starting soon, we're going to be doing privates covering these fundamental techniques, which is pretty much exclusively all the classes I've been going to the last couple of months is all fundamental stuff. Um, and it's, it's helped a lot for sure, but you know, I still want to do some of the private stuff and, and just get that extra correction. Cause it's, it's never right. You know, we could always use that next step. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, specifically the scissor sweep lesson number one and for the yeah lesson number one and for it is lesson number
1: one isn't it and for the audience uh you know phil says he did okay he did well um he avenged one loss that he had at white belt from a competitor and also went two and two entered two divisions uh the adult in his weight class and the adult over 30 um And he's right. We all were on the sidelines saying, for the love of God, get out of the collar Mm -hmm. and sweep them. Yeah. Didn't happen.
2: No, no, it didn't. Um, So another thing that I want to incorporate into my training, and I'm going to be doing it with you uh, for sure, and then other people I'm going to talk to about. You know, if they're cool with it, whatever. But I'm gonna start filming, uh, my training. Um, that was something Trey mentioned. Who mentioned it? Trey base. Trey oh base yeah,
1: you're episode. right. He
2: did in the uh, black yeah, belt. I'm episode. not taking credit for this idea. It's his. But that, I mean, watching my competition, nothing, nothing drives home what I'm doing wrong like uh, 18 minutes of me in the closed <laughs> guard. You know that that's that's what it is. You know, it's 18 minutes of me not taking somebody down. 18 minutes of me safely attacking, not trusting anything that I've learned over the course of almost two years. And like 18 minutes of me, you know, not sweeping and getting on top or even trying, you know, I did a couple, those, those are the attempts I talk about when I say I kind of halfway go for it. That's it. You know, if it's not like immediate success, if there's any resistance, it's back to, back to the safety zone.
1: And, well and Professor Steve Hall said it to you, I think too did. is that if you if you don't believe in the move that you're going to do, then your opponent certainly is not
2: a hundred percent correct it's, yeah. it's it's you know and i and it's so frustrating because it's one of those things that you know, and i still i i know it and I still don't address it yet um but again, that's that's why I want to film it because there's, I mean that you, you want to motivate yourself. You just watch yourself like failing by not even trying, essentially. You know, I, I was trying very hard, obviously. Like I was sure for doing nothing. I was exceptionally sore. You know, like <laughs> you know, and I'll I'll like to make fun of myself, but that's kind of how I see it. You know, I wasn't really doing a whole lot. And I was super sore, so that's even more embarrassing. Um,
1: and we'll and for the audience, we'll post the uh, the matches, Phil's matches. Can we do that on the group page? Yeah, if
2: they want. I, mean, I just yeah. Well, we might as well. I mean, feel bad for people watching, but yeah, we can put them yeah, up.
1: You know be able to close your eyes for whenever you see him get in the collar. If you
2: can't sleep, <laughs> if you can't fall asleep, just turn these on. <laughs>
1: Uh, and, and you know it takes you back to I, I think and I'm paraphrasing something that John said and it actually was in his self-defense self, uh, self defense curriculum uh, whenever we're doing that standing self-defense on the arms o- or the arm over grab from the back and you know he says fake one way and go the other and the best way to fake one way is to actually try going that way yeah
2: <laughs> it's called bear hug yeah um, yeah Oh, thank you. That's yeah, I do elaborate name for that. <laughs> I don't that. know why. The rear bear hug, but yeah. yeah. So
1: <laughs> Over the arms.
2: Under the arms is a normal hug. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, no, but you have to go for it. Like, in order for the counter to their defense to work, you, you know, they have to defend. And yeah. If they're not doing it, they're not going to defend. But, but yeah, so I want to start recording myself because I think... Number one, if I could see myself, that's part of the reason I like competing, right? I go back and I watch my competition videos from six months ago, and I'm like, alright, that's a totally different person. I didn't even know how to do X, Y, or Z six months ago. And that's always true. Um, But I think I get in the habit of uh, repeating mistakes and getting comfortable repeating them. And I think if I can watch it and see what happens, I will personally be able to correct mistakes faster as well as I mean that is for me a form of like almost self-punishment like watching those videos and and just being disappointed in myself for not even trying you know like if I the last match the guy didn't like I think it was like an ankle pick and kind of fell into an ankle lock I mean he's just better you know I can live with that sure me losing by not trying is real frustrating for me that it bothers me a lot you know the guy who's better yeah, you know that's gonna always gonna happen. But
1: and and I don't think I really helped with that guy with you. Whenever I was, whenever exactly I said right. this guy likes the ankle locks. Yeah. Before you went on the
2: mat, and I was like, that was probably a stupid thing to say. I mean, it wasn't gonna change any of the the approach. Yeah, you're right. And I was I was again. I went out there for all the matches. I did not pull guard immediately. Um, I was hoping somebody would pull guard on me and. The only one... He didn't even really pull... What did he do when he did the ankle lock? It's not really pulling guard. It's kind of often, I don't even know how to explain it. Nobody just immediately pulled guard for me to start trying to pass is what I was hoping for.
1: And let's talk a little bit about uh, mind games with your opponents. Because uh, Phil it had... It was interesting. It was very interesting. Phil had one opponent that went out there and had his wrestling shoes on in the gi. Yeah. And immediately, Phil's thinking, oh, this guy's a wrestler He's going to try to take me down. Yeah. Never tried one
2: thing. Nothing. Down. And I was like, you know, I'm like, all right, I got to watch this. Somebody like, you know, Garrett or something, who's a fantastic wrestler, going to do a fireman's carry me, throw me over his shoulders. And I'm like, ah, you know, here we go. And, uh, match starts and spend like 30 seconds. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, well, why are you messing with me right now? So that was, that was super weird. And, uh, it's a strategy I'm going to be using. I'm going to yeah. walk out with wrestling shoes next time. I got the ears. I'll have the wrestling shoes and no takedowns. So it'll be a full-blown attack on the mind.
1: But, however, you might find that people will pull guard more on you whenever you do that.
2: Maybe that was my whole plan this whole time. So, <laughs> the biggest thing I learned.
1: Uh, no, it was a good competition. Uh, you know, just to mention, we we had a ton of people from the team compete. All did really well. There's And there was a lot of support from all of our teammates and if you're out there and you have teammates that are competing, go out and go out and why, even if you don't want to compete, I didn't compete. Right. Uh, even if you don't want to compete, a, it's fun to watch. Yeah. And B, y- you kind of see the trends in what's going on now. Not that in the Gee, it really, there, there's much that really trends differently, but, but you get to kind of see what other people's games are like. And, Take that back and work on things that that maybe you see it might be deficits in your game for what people are trying. So, yeah, go out go out and support your teammates um, whenever it comes to that. I know we had a lot of support there from all of Yeah, we
2: unfortunately went. for me, my like four matches were at the same time. Everybody else were, so I missed like everybody's matches. Uh, that kind of stinks, but it other does. than that, it was a fun day.
1: It does. Yeah. Um,
2: The the other takeaway uh, from the competition for myself is the issue of my cardio, of being, I mean, just wiped. Again, not really doing a whole lot, but still being wiped out. And that's, I think half of that is still that competition mindset that I've struggled with since the very first one. Because even after the first match where I was in control positionally and emotionally, I was fine. Like I was calm the entire time but the match was still over and after the five minutes my hand was still uh, like it was like I was carrying like a hundred pound weight in my right arm without really doing much um, I don't know how I don't know how much of that I'll ever be able to get past i um, gonna continue to work on staying calm and everything but I think once that competition starts I, I just grip different you know I grip a lot harder For whatever reason. Um, And I'm not able to adjust it or control it or whatever. But after the second match, I was very tired. Mm -hmm. And then I never got it back. I mean, I had five, ten minutes maybe in between. That wasn't enough. And I do train quite a bit, but I've never trained cardio outside. And I've never trained with cardio as a focus right um I've never I've always trained the opposite which is this is where I conserve energy you know I'm in a bad spot I'm gonna he's gonna work for a second I'm gonna try to time it save my energy or whatever instead of trying to just fight 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 get back on top right or get out you know, whatever the situation is so uh, that's again something I want to definitely gonna try to incorporate with you and um, Where I can go, you know, close to 100% without it really mattering and other people that I'll talk to about, you know, upping the intensity on that um, to make sure I can maintain that pace. And also there's now a competition class that's designed for that because I personally did notice he would, you know, the Joey running the class would push the pace and I would, you know, not really push myself as hard as I could and... You know, a little bit of that is everybody's always going to be harder on themselves and everybody else. But, you know, it's, what's the point in not doing that, I guess? I don't know.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think it was, was it your third match? I mean, you know, especially there at the, the end of your third match where you scrambled, you had to get a takedown in order to tie the match, and you did.
2: That was the second one.
1: Was it the second match? Yeah. Second match. Okay.
2: But I mean, even by that point, I was very tired.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean that 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 takes a lot. That shot and following up on that shot. You know, you guys were a mat and a half over. You know, whenever you got the takedown. down, and uh, and so yeah, that that takes a lot of energy. That 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 wrestling game. And you know what I would say too is, you know, I know you're you're putting in the road miles right, mm-hmm. On the, for the run, but I'd also say, look at other things, like wrestling, right, wrestling's a different cardio.
2: Yeah, and that's, I think, part in my head, uh along the same lines of me just pushing it through the whole role. There's yeah. so many times in the role that I just, that's why I love closed guard, I'm not gonna say I'm relaxing, but that's my rest position, too, I mean, sure. that's where I get to, where I can, you know, dictate the pace, basically, and the spacing and everything, that's it's part of the problem
1: yeah yeah and and to folks for you there listening that's that's the right approach to take whenever uh whenever you're going to go 100 with your partner <laughs> make sure they know yeah that you know and 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 if you know if they're injured or whatever then obviously you're not going to go 100 right just, just well make... there's
2: certain people and there's certain scenarios sure so again it's not like i'm going to just start off the gate and be ready to roll hard for an hour because that's not how I train mm-hmm. um but there's certain people that I can do that with and there's a class the competition class that's what that's there for um so I you know again it's the same thing with the sweeps the cardio that's the answer is simple it's just not easy and again yeah. it's just going to take going and doing it and focusing on that yeah let me
1: ask you this on uh, before your first match how long before your first match did you warm up, and what type of warm-up did you do?
2: I, uh, I sat on my feet to stretch my knees, and then I rocked my hips side to side for about a minute while I was talking to somebody.
1: Okay. Well, that may be something, too, that you want to consider because, you know, a lot of times in, in, in wrestling in particular, whenever I did that, you know, I always got up a good sweat before I did it because it kind of gets that, that lactic acid production out of your system that first burst of of that uh fight or flight kind of thing if you get if you work you know you notice garrett he really he warms up hard you know it's, that's from his time wrestling i mean that's what so we is that did. for
2: getting your like loose like a stretching thing or is that for not getting tired thing
1: not forget it's for not getting tired right? okay. and and, and the, the theory is, and I don't know the science behind the theory, but, but the theory is, if you get tired first, you know, by working up a good good sweat, then you kind of get that lactic acid production started, and you get that adrenaline dump kind of mitigated from the very start, so that whenever you actually go out on the mat, it's not as bad. Okay. So, it's something to consider. Yeah. I think that it, I think it will help, and... And my last competition, I, I did the warm up just like that before and had a really good sweat and had zero. I mean, it was, that was the way I should be doing it. Okay. And, and I'm not saying everyone should be, I, I'm just saying that's what works for me. And,
2: and I think we talked last time too, about how I don't want, you know, the trigger to get hyped up or anything like that. And I want to stay focused. And that's part of the reason I try to stay away from that is to try to keep everything as calm as possible. And that was something else I was questioning afterwards too. It's do should I try to get hyped up? You know, should I try to get a lot more aggressive mentally beforehand? Would that change anything?
1: So like um, slapping your chest
2: and well, I mean
1: jumping up and down. You know, doing, clearly
2: you know. jumping up and bringing my knees above my head, and doing backflips and pounding the floor. But just obviously keeping it as you know reasonable as possible. Things like that, obviously you know? screaming and uh you know, Diego
1: Sanchez do coming into the uh, ring of the UFC
2: yeah. <laughs> but uh no but maybe just try not the super calm approach and see what happens but I, I don't know for me it's always I feel when I'm at my best I'm calm and under control it's not like I can't really think of a time where I'm like oh yeah I went out and I just like exploded and you know it was amazing and everything went smooth after that it's usually calm controlled doing what i should be doing that that's when it's working Um, so that's why i personally try to stay away from the hype angle which i think i've just talked myself out of because that's like desperation. Like the reason I got the takedown is, i as a football tackle. It's—I have no other choice. I have no time. So
1: you turned your dial up.
2: There's, yeah, that's, and it worked. In that instance, but that's not that. Sh- I don't believe that should be the plan. I should just be better at jujitsu than the other person
0: and
1: and i think every i mean i think everyone's very individual when it comes to the competition thing and you know the before my last competition i we talked about it i did the deep meditation and you know we talked about that dial with a number from 0 to 10 and yes. i controlled my emotion on with that dial and you know before the match i had that dial at 3 right in my mind yeah and then once once i actually Um, stepped on the mat and that was the cue that we talked about right Mm -hmm. is my my cue to change that dial to change that setting in my mind for competition was as soon as my my sandals came off and i stepped on that mat that dial went up to seven Mm -hmm. you know it's not 10 we're not redlining right it's just on that on that edge of that so again it worked for me uh, you know I don't know that it works for everybody and,
2: and well uh, just now that you're saying that I'm kind of I can remember going into that third match and then especially the fourth match before the match and if I'm ready to walk out and the only thing I'm thinking is I need a rest. I mean that's not good and I need to figure out a way to refocus but that's more in my head than again back to my that's how my training needs, that's the direction I need to take it for myself. You know, yeah. I need to, and it's simple, not easy, I, like a lot of things.
1: Yep, you're right. And so another another anomaly that we witnessed there at the competition was the nogi matches. There was a lot of bare-chested men in the nogi matches.
2: What's your feeling on that? So I just like the gi, man. So it's one of the reasons why. <laughs> that's... A- <laughs>
1: You picture that Will Ferrell whenever he was yeah. playing basketball. <laughs> is
2: that a long king pod or something? <laughs> yeah, I
1: think so. I think so. Yeah, man. I don't... I, I, I'm kind of on the fence about that. You know, I, I, well, I don't know that I'm really on the fence. I feel like you should ask the person that you're going against, hey, is it cool if I wear a no shirt? I, I mean, I don't know. Like, kinda.
2: what are they going to grab on a rash guard? I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe well, you, you just want to be as slippery as possible. Maybe. That that may be a strategy,
1: right? You know, they may have got all sweaty before the match. Shirt.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Lube yourself up before you go out there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I've yet to do a no-gi match. Um but yeah, it's so slippery already. I don't I don't know. The no shirt though, that's um It's probably gonna get in the other person's head though. Cause like immediately you're gonna be like oh, this guy's not wearing a shirt,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, his phys- like his physique's better than mine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you're no shirt in it out there, except for the one guy you who know did actually look like the guy from that that movie yeah. with the beer gut and everything else that was no shirt. That was very interesting.
2: Yeah, it takes a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence.
1: I don't have that much confidence, Phil. Don't know if I want it. It's a good point, and that's uh, it's not for me. So uh, transitioning from no shirt, no gi, uh, as you know, recently my nephew, who's recently moved down, uh, he's kind of dipped his toes in the water of, of uh, jujitsu, and he mm-hmm. was. We were talking last night, and he was asking. He was asking, "Hey, should I?" Do more nogi or more gi? And just as a
2: background, he's a, a division one wrestler. Should he do more nogi or gi? Right, uh, that's the question. And he's a division one wrestler. Yeah, you should probably focus on nogi. Obviously, he's lacking in that area. <laughs> um, that would probably give him the most benefit. He'd learn the most, being where he's in the top one percent in the world. Um, and really get up to that top point five percent. Yeah, no, no, and
1: I, I, the it's funny and kind of the conversation that we had. And that is that, that, you know, everything like John says, everything that, they, that you learn in the Gi, the concepts, they all transfer to no Gi. It's just, you know, you don't have as many options. So you've got less gripping, uh, that sort of thing. You know, you're, you're going to be better at defending because it's easier to get out of things in no Gi than it is to get out of submissions in Gi. Yeah. You know, so so you know I think I think you know just the advice there is that, that hey no gi is fun if, if your academy offers no gi and gi do them both you know and it, I don't know if it's in general or if it's just our academy but probably in general there's probably more gi trainings I would guess at um academies Then there are no-gi trainings, unless you specialize in no-gi or
2: you're a 10th planet. Uh, Yeah, I would imagine, uh, I'm going to make this up, but I would imagine most competition-based schools and most MMA-type places are going to be your no-gi applications, and most self-defense-based places are going to focus in the gi, and probably offer both.
1: Yeah, agreed.
2: That's just a feeling i get based off of who i seem to meet from where so i have a friend that trains with us now that came from a striking nogi based you know program for a sure. couple of years first and he he likes the gi now but he's talked to me and he's like when i first came here i didn't like it you know i'm trying to move and people are just grabbing my sleeves and stuff it's he's like it's annoying yeah. and they you know it's not realistic if you approach it from like a street Application, you know, like sure. if you're not wearing sleeves, you're not gonna hold your sleeve, obviously, but, you know, I think both have their different perks and both are good for different things. I prefer the gi, but I also prefer things that I do more. You know, I train in the gi four times a week, and nogi is uh, a twice is offered twice a week, and it's just hasn't been my focus because I was gonna compete with the gi on. Sure. You know, so. It's not like I don't enjoy doing it. Whenever, whenever I'm rolling nogi, it's still fun. It's just yeah. you know different. I'm definitely not uh, comfortable doing it because I don't have a collar. I don't have a sleeve. I don't have anything that I've made any grips off of in the past. Um, even the initial grips when I'm standing, mine are always grabbed at something. You know, sure. It's, it's rarely the collar tie. Yeah, sure. I uh, almost called it a necktie. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, it's rarely to actually grab the head, yeah, or actually grab a wrist. So, it's all different. But I think they're both, you know, they both have their appeal. Even watching high level competition stuff, you know, they, they're a little bit different, but they're both interesting.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And and one other question, getting back to the competition, did you cut weight for the competition? No, I didn't. You were actually on low end of the spectrum,
2: when you know, yeah. If I was gonna. If I was going to cut weight, I would have... It turned out I only needed to cut, like, three pounds, which, I mean, my diet going into that was on point. I mean, gallons of ice cream, <laughs> lots of cookies, um, and I weighed in at 152.4. For the 160 division. Yeah, So I was good. Um, yeah. I unfortunately didn't gain the weight I was hoping to. Um, but anyway, that's most of that's been cut back the last couple of weeks. That wasn't really my diet going in. But um, the... Yeah, if I would have cut back or tried to cut weight a couple pounds, but I'm not really into it for that reason. So I just am uh, kind of always going to go at my natural weight. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to do it.
1: So I think that's a really good point, for, especially for those that are considering competing for the first time. You know... Um, yeah, they might want to cut weight. You know, if it's if you plan your first match, you know, six months down the road, and you see that you you've got to lose twenty pounds, right? Maybe you you're overweight. You're not. It's not you. To me, that's a little different. If you
2: just want to, yeah. if your life goal is to lose weight, right? I hundred percent support that. But if you're, my mine is more. I'm already at a at a healthy weight. I would like to gain weight. Right. You know. Long term, I'd like to be a little bit bigger than I am. But um, if you were trying to lose weight, competition focused training—that is a great way to go about it. That I'm totally on board with.
1: Yeah, agreed. And you know, I got some great advice before uh, my first tournament a couple years ago, and that was from Lee, one of the black belts at the um, headquarters for Fight to Win, and in. And I asked him, I said, Do you think I should cut weight? And it was it wasn't that much weight. It was only around I don't know, I think it was what 10 or 12 pounds. Something above her. Something like that. And I had a couple weeks to do it and all, all that stuff. And I you know, I cut weight before from wrestling and all that good stuff. So you know, I did it, but the thing was I did it, and then I also did the absolute division of which I was going up against the guy who was in heavyweight anyway. so right. what was what really was the point behind it other than what you said I, I wanted to get down to that that 215 and have maintained that actually lost a little bit more from that and eventually probably want to get down to 205. but I think that I, I think there's no right answer but I do know that this is the wrong answer and that is if you're trying to lose 15 pounds of water weight in the last two days, before a competition especially if you have to weigh in the day of the competition that's a horrible idea yeah you know
2: And obvious I mean I know they're super concerned about it with MMA stuff with the shots to the head when you're dehydrated and everything sure but even I don't know for there's not really money on the line you know right (laughs) it's right it's not that you're actually paying money to do that yeah it's not that important I guess Mm -hmm. um grand scheme of things uh, and I don't know for, for me personally it's just like that's all this extra it's all this extra stuff and I, I always kind of come back to like the jiu jitsu should be better when I train every day in the gym there's maybe one or two people who are smaller than me it's yeah. not unusual like jiu jitsu should just do... unless it's the kids class yes I'm in the top you know 10% uh, <laughs> but the you know it's if i just get better it's going to take care of itself it's the same thing like i'm interested in trying to get stronger but like realistically i don't enjoy doing that i'm going to have a lot more success by just trying to get better at jiu jitsu first and then you know slowly working on trying to get stronger long term but i'm you know maybe if, if i just wasn't so bad i would do a lot better in the first place its strength isn't the immediate answer and that's kind of why i don't think size is the differential if you're just going down like 10 pounds or something like that. I don't know. A
1: uh, thought just popped into my head. You know, you mentioned ice cream and cookies before the, mm-hmm. the competition. Do you think maybe your cardio might be helped?
2: Drop out? it. We've moved on. Drop it. We
1: well, <laughs> we haven't really moved on <laughs>
2: because... You, yeah, no, I mean, that, that was probably a, a factor. I would say it's not. Um, because I didn't really have any the week leading up to it. Um I don't know how long it stays in or whatever. And to me, that seems like a stupid cop-out when I all the things I've said before don't change. I don't push myself nearly as hard as I could while I'm training, and I'd never do anything outside of just rolling to improve those things. Um, I have noticed when I get on like a tear of a lot of ice cream over a good stretch that yeah, I get exhausted real fast in class, but that wasn't what happened.
1: Yeah, and and I'll, I'll go back, you know, because I I eat pretty clean all the time, right? But except but except Saturday nights. Except Saturday nights. But whenever I go out and have a drink or six too many, yeah, the next and then train the next day because I do punish myself by training the next day because I want to make sure I realize what misery that is. Yeah. Whenever you do it, you're consistent with it. Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. Uh, that's why Sunday rolls is at one. Um, uh, but, but I noticed my cardio's crap, you know, and that's just from one night of, you know, overindulgence, you know, and, and that's, you know, it, it just makes you think, how much is there to
2: that, you know? Definitely does, you know, and at the same time, uh, if you, I don't know, like if you're going to get attacked on the street and it's like, you know, you're going to never eat ice cream again because you can't be tired for that self-defense scenario. You know, that's not realistic either. But that's uh, probably a ridiculous extreme example. Sure. You know, but trying to eat well the majority of the time because I have my own issues that I need to deal with where I pay for it dearly if I don't eat what I'm supposed to. Sure. You know, so uh, I do try to stay eating good. 99% 99% of the time anyway. Um, but, I mean, it might have played a little factor, but that's, that's you know, going to come down, everybody's everybody's different on that. But I still, the biggest takeaways I have is that I don't, I don't, certain people train really hard all the time and you notice it and you can tell. Yeah. you. you I mean, you shared an article, I think it was last night, about that, where it's like, if you're just going to train hard, that's fine, you know, that's, Certain people, I know who that's talking about, you know? And yeah. it's almost like, yeah, you can appreciate that. I know what to expect. Every time I roll with this person, they're going to go hard, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't do that.
1: And so what and if I did? By the way, the the article that was posted last night on the BJJ Campaign Podcast group, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not a member, get in there. It's open to everyone. But uh, he, the the leader of S. SBG, and I can't remember his name right now, but he's been in black belt for like 18 years. He, he talked about the difference between rolling rough and rolling hard. Right. You know, and the necessity of making sure that if you're rolling hard, you make sure to alert your, uh, your training partner and make sure that they're not injured or anything like that. Uh, and he definitely made that distinction of rolling, you know. If you're rolling hard, that's great. You know, just make sure everybody's on the board. And conversely... If you say, hey, let's flow roll and then turn the dial up to uh, 11 and, uh, you know, whenever somebody gets you in a bad spot, that's that's not really cool either. Mm-hmm. It's not really a cool way to, to roll either. Um, so, yeah, I thought he brought up, a, a, a,
2: I think it was three things, three points that he, yeah. he brought up. In, in and he that. also talked, I mean, I wasn't, I did not probably want to go on that, so I wasn't going to. Go into that, but with the with the hard rolling thing, you had the good point of don't quit. Like, just all of a sudden, somebody gets the advantageous position, passes your guard, or whatever, don't just roll over and die. And I, I do agree with that. I mean, there's the, again, I that kind of goes back to the same thing I said before when people do pass the guard when they get inside control, I get in that bad position. I go into like an energy conserving thing, sure, me too. Me thrashing around has never been a good recipe, it's, like <laughs> it's I, never
1: been a good recipe for anyone.
2: I mean there's certain name's people, Matt Thorne
1: by the way. Okay. So there
2: are certain people who are big enough to get away with being able to throw people around and just bench press.
1: Mm-hmm. That ain't
2: me and never going to be me. So that's why I always go into uh like an energy conserving uh mindset. Having said that, that doesn't mean I have to not do anything, you know. And there are times I don't do anything and I literally just wait for them to do something to try to tie it. Mm-hmm. And that's I think okay in certain applications. When there's 30 seconds left and I need to do something and I need to have the cardio to get out, it's not okay, obviously. So, just taking those scenarios, keeping it in mind, pushing it and seeing if I can push myself to do it.
1: Yeah, and another thing he brought up was one of my favorite ones is, you know, uh, uh, The coaching. You know, the coaching when you roll, you know. And he says, and by the way, he says, it's fine, you know, if you're an upper belt and you're going to the lower belt, it's fine to coach when you roll but what's not cool is whenever they actually gain a position on you and then you like coach them through you know
2: I, I don't know here's another question unrelated to that the other side there's been times uh, like a wipeout or something has caught the position on me and they're struggling to finish it how do you feel about like when I can see them about to quit being like no don't quit on that what are your thoughts on that
1: well no, I think that I mean I think that's good advice, right? Because I mean, like
2: I'm fighting it off. Yeah, but yeah. They have it. They just haven't like.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that if they if they quit on it, go say like, hey, go back to that. You know, uh, tighten your head or whatever. I, I think that's perfectly acceptable. I think what there's what he was saying is that. I you, I know what he was saying. You about, you know, yeah, yeah. don't be that yeah. dick.
2: That, like all of a sudden they pass your guard and they're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead now, finish the choke. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: that's, yeah. That's, that's silly. That's silly, but. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of scenarios whenever you get into that, and just don't be that guy rolling or girl rolling, Mm
2: -hmm. you know. I think that's That's a cool article, though. I that reminded me of it and talking about that stuff.
1: Yeah, very good article. Very, really appreciated that. He was on uh, uh, BJJ Brick podcast a few episodes ago. He's really. Really, I highly recommend if you you know if you listen to another jujitsu podcast, BJJ Brick is a great uh, jujitsu podcast, and it's Matt Thornton, and I, I can't remember which episode it was, but it was a, like within the last three or four weeks uh, that that he was on there. It was really really good. Um, anything else, Phil?
2: Um, I think that was pretty much the list there with the nogi stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. we well, tell the folks if they wish to, how to sports. Uh, t-shirts and patches. And I'm not going to say this is what happened, but the second match came down to a ref decision. I had a BJJ campaign patch. He didn't. I won the decision. That's all I'm saying. Coincidence? So I think not. The patches and shirts are available on the website, bjjcampaignpodcast.com. There are cool articles that Jeff shares on the Facebook group uh, facebook.com bj campaign podcast should take you to the group i have gotten a few uh, like requests to join because uh, it was a private group initially it's been opened up publicly so just send one of us a message if like you try to if you try to join and it makes you fill something out and you don't get in right away because i know a lot of people have joined but i get I've gotten one or two um, requests to join that shouldn't be there so just let me know if you find something and uh, follow the Instagram and YouTube BJJ Campaign podcast.
1: Very good. And
2: uh, if you're not out there
1: doing something to make yourself better each and every day, get out there and do it. Phil and I choose Jujitsu. We hope you do too.
0: I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game, yeah. So let's get it. Uh, Slap it up, bump it and roll. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's let's roll.